Welcome to the Jennings Wire online magazine podcast series, where we feature interviews with top authors and experts. My name is Stacey Emerald Kaufman. I'm the radio director of Annie Jennings PR, the national firm behind the online feature magazine sensation, JenningsWire.com, a special community of bloggers and podcasters that is capturing the heart of America. There's nothing like it on the web, and we invite you to visit JenningsWire.com to discover the blogger that is just right for you. Today's guest is Lee Eisenstadt. He's founder and CEO of Value Drivers, LLC. Lee interviewed 30 CEOs for his second book, Being a Leader with Courage, How to Succeed in Your C-Level Position in 18 Months or Less. He sought to understand the obstacles newly appointed executives face that leads to 40 to 50% of them failing, quitting, or being pushed out during the first year and a half on the job. His book, which has just been published, offers proven practical advice on how to avoid or minimize these obstacles. So welcome, Lee. Thank you very much, Stacey. So when you're writing this book, what was your biggest aha moment? I think it was, you know, what was the uh, reason for writing the book was when I learned about this 40 to 50% of C-level execs failing in the first 18 months in the job. You just go, that's a huge number. And I validated it from three different sources, but I could never find really any good research or explanation for why it was happening. And then there was another statistic that came out about a month ago, 46% of all employees fail. So it isn't just the C-level execs. What I also found very surprising was when I asked, how long has this been going on to, to the people that had done this prior research? They said for 20 years. So it's not a new phenomena. It's uh, been quite common and going on for a long time. Now, do you think that some of the nine derailers that you identify in your book apply to not just the executives, but also the other types of employees as well? Yes, it applies really to anyone that's managing people or has responsibility for implementing plans. Uh, Some examples of those derailers, Stacey, are failing to honor the organization's culture, just not paying attention to to what it is and what the people are really proud of that work in that uh, environment, or a new exec coming in with the answer. This could be a manager, it could be a you know a CEO, but if a new person comes in and says, ah, I know how to solve this problem, I've got the answer, without talking to anyone or asking them what they think, um, it's a recipe for disaster. Another, which was quite common among all of the executives I interviewed was that they found that they had stuck with an underperforming team or team member too long and that they, in hindsight, they wish they had a do-over, that they should have removed this person from the organization or from their position much sooner than they did. They didn't for some good reasons. Uh, These were tough conversations to have, especially when they were family members or, or friends, but all 30 of them said This was a common problem. They stuck with underperformers too long. So those were just three or four of the 90 railers that uh, I talked to these 30 executives about. And Lee, do you think that one of the issues in dealing with that and not removing people underperformers is that lack of courage? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, being a leader with courage. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think, it, is it courage or, again, as I said, they are family members in many cases or friends. These are people that the founders brought in to help them build the company. And now that the company has moved on 
and has outgrown them and the people aren't willing or able to grow with it, to change, uh, this is just an uncomfortable, conflict-prone sort of discussion. And who wants to have that? So I think most of these uh, men and women you know, tried to defer it, hoping things would change, but it, it never did. And they all look back and say, you know, I should have done this a lot sooner. Um, one example was there, there was an IT company, e-commerce company, that started out with on one platform that was targeting small to mid-sized companies. Let's say they then moved to SAP's e-commerce platform because that's what their customers were demanding. Their customers were getting bigger and they were demanding more complex solutions. Well, the people that founded the company, that built the company, were small to mid-sized business types and they didn't want to adapt to or couldn't adapt to an SAP kind of environment. And so they had to they had to change them all out. And that that was just really really tough. Yeah, absolutely. There are four characteristics that you talk about in the book of an effective leader with courage. Can you describe them? Yeah, after interviewing all 30, I looked at all the data I collected and I had identified 26 different attributes of a leader with courage, such as they're good listeners, they're a lifelong learner, uh, they, they're they the first to challenge the status quo. But I grouped them because it's really hard to understand all 26. So I grouped them into four larger categories. The first was you have to be an astute generalist. Functional expertise may have gotten these people where they are today, but it isn't going to carry them on, let's say, as the CEO. They really need to be a general business person. The second was all-star relationship builder. They have to be highly skilled at building relationships, at networking, uh, being a transparent communicator. Uh, they have to create alignment and trust. So being an all-star relationship builder was the second. The third was being a champion of the culture and of competitive advantage. Uh, they have to be the role model for honoring and respecting uh, a business's culture. As I said a moment ago, they have to be the first to challenge the status quo. They have to be the ones that are guided by optimizing long-term value of the business as opposed to just short-term profitability. So champion of culture and competitive advantage. And the last, which is the hardest the execs have found, is to be a courageous decision maker. And that has six or seven different attributes, but one of them is they're good at drawing a line in the sand and sticking with it. There's no meeting after the meeting. They gain the, the not necessarily agreement, but they do get alignment. And they, they draw a distinction between alignment and agreement. But they are inclusive problem solvers. They uh, will balance gut their gut with analytics. But at the end of the day, they draw the line in the sand and say, this is the direction we're going, and we're not going to look back. And so that those are the four uh, four key attributes or characteristics of a leader with courage. Okay, and I know we can learn a lot more about each of those four categories in the book, Being a Leader with Courage, How to Succeed in Your C-Level Position in 18 Months or Less, which also includes a self-assessment as part of the book, too. So our listeners will want to check that out. You can visit Lee's website, which is leaderswithcourage.com, and there you'll be able to take that free self-assessment. You can download the first chapter and purchase a copy of the book. You can also 
purchase it on Amazon. Again, that website is leaderswithcourage.com. Thanks, Lee. Thank you very much, Stacey. This podcast is presented by Annie Jennings of the national publicity firm Annie Jennings PR, the creator of Jennings Wire Online Magazine. Jennings Wire is capturing the heart of America with its rich community of talented, insightful, and relevant bloggers and podcasters. So please visit JenningsWire.com and discover the blogger that is just right for you. Till next time.